0: Chapter 19 We went straight to the lake, as it was called at Bly, and I dare say rightly called, though I reflect that it may in fact have been a sheet of water less remarkable than it appeared to my untravelled eyes. My acquaintance with sheets of water was small, and the pool of Bly, at all events on the few occasions of my consenting, under the protection of my pupils, to affront its surface in the old flat-bottomed boat moored there for our use, had impressed me both with its extent and its agitation. The usual place of embarkation was half a mile from the house, but I had an intimate conviction that, wherever Flora might be, she was not near home. She had not given me the slip for any small adventure, and since the day of the very great one that I had shared with her by the pond, I had been aware, in our walks, of the quarter to which she most inclined. This was why I had now given to Mrs. Grouse's steps so marked a direction, a direction that made her, when she perceived it, oppose a resistance that showed me she was freshly mystified. You're going to the water, miss. You think she's in... She may be, though the depth is, I believe, nowhere very great. But what I judge most likely is that she's on the spot from which the other day we saw together what I told you when she pretended not to see. With that astounding self-possession, I've always been sure she wanted to go back alone, and now her brother has managed it for her. Mrs. Grouse still stood where she had stopped. You suppose they really talk of them? I could meet this with a confidence. They say things that, if we heard them, would simply appall us. And if she is there... Yes... Then Miss Jessel is? Beyond a doubt, you shall see. Oh, thank you, my friend cried, planted so firm that, taking it in, I went straight on without her. By the time I reached the pool, however, she was close behind me, and I knew that, whatever to my apprehension might befall me, the exposure of my society struck her as her least danger. She exhaled. "'a moan of relief as we at last came in sight of the greater part of the water "'without a sight of the child. "'There was no trace of Flora on that nearer side of the bank "'where my observation of her had been most startling, "'and none on the opposite edge, "'where, save for a margin of some twenty yards, "'a thick copse came down to the water. "'The pond, oblong in shape, "'had a width so scant compared to its length that, With its ends out of view, it might have been taken for a scant river. We looked at the empty expanse, and then I felt the suggestion of my friend's eyes. I knew what she meant, and I replied with a negative headshake. No, no, wait. She has taken the boat. My companion stared at the vacant mooring-place, and then again across the lake. Then where is it? "'Are not seeing it is the strongest of proofs. "'She has used it to go over, and then has managed to hide it. "'All alone, that child. "'She's not alone, and at such times she's not a child. "'She's an old, old woman.' "'I scanned all the visible shore, "'while Mrs. Grouse took again into the queer element I offered her, "'one of her plunges of submission.' Then I pointed out that the boat might perfectly be in a small refuge formed by one of the recesses of the pool, an indentation masked for the hither side by a projection of the bank and by a clump of trees growing close to the water. "'But if the boat's there, where on earth's she?' my colleague anxiously asked. "'That's exactly what we must learn,' and I started to walk further. "'By going all the way round.' "'Certainly, far as it is, it will take us but ten minutes. "'But it's far enough to have made the child prefer not to walk. "'She went straight over. "'Laws!' cried my friend again. "'The chain of my logic was ever too much for her. "'It dragged her at my heels even now, "'and when we had got halfway round, "'a devious, tiresome process, on ground much broken, "'and by a path choked with overgrowth, "'I paused to give her breath.' I sustained her with a grateful arm, assuring her that she might hugely help me, and this started us afresh, so that in the course of but few minutes more we reached a point from which we found the boat to be where I had supposed it. It had been intentionally left as much as possible out of sight, and was tied to one of the stakes of a fence that came, just there, down to the brink, and that had been an assistance to disembarking. I recognized, as I looked at the pair of short, thick oars, quite safely drawn up, the prodigious character of the feet for a little girl. But I had lived by this time too long among wonders and had panted to too many livelier measures. There was a gate in the fence, through which we passed, and that brought us, after a trifling interval, more into the open. Then, there she is, we both exclaimed at once. "'Flora, a short way off, stood before us on the grass and smiled, "'as if her performance was now complete. "'The next thing she did, however, was to stoop straight down and pluck, "'as if it were all she was there for, a big, ugly spray of withered fern. "'I instantly became sure she'd just come out of the copse. "'She waited for us, not herself taking a step.' and I was conscious of the rare solemnity with which we presently approached her. She smiled and smiled, and we met. But it was all done in a silence by this time flagrantly ominous. Mrs. Grouse was the first to break the spell. She threw herself on her knees, and drawing the child to her breast, clasped in a long embrace the little tender, yielding body. Oh, well, this dumb convulsion lasted. I could only watch it. "'which I did the more intently "'when I saw Flora's face "'peep at me over our companion's shoulder. "'It was serious now. "'The flicker had left it. "'But it strengthened the pang "'with which I at that moment envied Mrs. Grouse, "'the simplicity of her relation. "'Still, all this while, "'nothing more passed between us, "'save that Flora had let her foolish fern again drop to the ground.' What she and I had virtually said to each other was that pretexts were useless now. When Mrs. Grouse finally got up, she kept the child's hand, so that the two were still before me, and the singular reticence of our communion was even more marked in the frank look she launched me. "'I'll be hanged,' it said, "'if I'll speak.' It was Flora who, gazing all over me in candid wonder, was the first. "'She was struck with our bare-headed aspect. "'Why, where are your things?' "'Where yours are, my dear,' I promptly returned. "'She had already got back her gaiety "'and appeared to take this as an answer quite sufficient. "'And where's Miles?' she went on. "'There was something in the small valour of it "'that quite finished me. "'These three words from her were, in a flash, "'like the glitter of a drawn blade,' the jostle of the cup that my hand, for weeks and weeks, had held high and full to the brim, that now, even before speaking, I felt overflow in a deluge. "'I'll tell you if you tell me,' I heard myself say, then heard the tremor in which it broke. "'Well, what?' Mrs. Grouse's suspense blazed at me, but it was too late now, and I brought the thing out handsomely, Where, my pet, is Miss Jessel? Chapter 20 Just as in the churchyard with Miles, the whole thing was upon us. Much as I had made of the fact that this name had never once between us been sounded, the quick smitten glare with which the child's face, now received it, fairly likened my breach of the silence to the smash of a pane of glass. It added to the interposing cry as if to stay the blow that Mrs. Grouse, at the same instant, uttered over my violence, the shriek of a creature scared, or rather wounded, which in turn, within a few seconds, was completed by a gasp of my own. I seized my colleague's arm. She's there! She's there! Miss Jessel stood before us on the opposite bank, exactly as she had stood the other time, and I remember, strangely, as the first feeling now produced in me, my thrill of joy at having brought on a proof. She was there, and I was justified. She was there, and I was neither cruel nor mad. She was there for poor, scared Mrs. Grouse, but she was there most for Flora. And no moment of my monstrous time was perhaps so extraordinary as that in which I consciously threw out to her, with the sense that, Pale and ravenous demon as she was, she would catch and understand it, an inarticulate message of gratitude. She rose, erect on the spot my friend and I had lately quitted, and there was not, in all the long reach of her desire, an inch of her evil that fell short. This first vividness of vision and emotion were things of a few seconds, during which, Mrs. Grouse's dazed blink across to where I pointed struck me as a sovereign sign that she too at last saw, just as it carried my own eyes to the child. The revelation, then, of the manner in which Flora was affected startled me, in truth, far more than it would have done to find her also merely agitated, for direct dismay was, of course, not what I had expected. Prepared and on her guard as our pursuit had actually made her, she would repress every betrayal, and I was therefore shaken on the spot by my first glimpse of the particular one for which I had not allowed. To see her, without a convulsion of her small pink face, not even feigned to glance in the direction of the prodigy I announced, but only, instead of that, turn at me, an expression of hard, still gravity, an expression absolutely new and unprecedented, "'and that appeared to read and accuse and judge me. "'This was a stroke that somehow converted the little girl herself "'into the very presence that could make me quail. "'I quailed, even though my certitude that she thoroughly saw "'was never greater than at that instant, "'and in the immediate need to defend myself, "'I called it passionately to witness. "'She's there, you little unhappy thing, there!' "'There, there, and you see her as well as you see me.' "'I had said shortly before to Mrs. Grouse "'that she was not at these times a child, "'but an old, old woman, "'and that description of her "'could not have been more strikingly confirmed "'than in the way in which, for all answer to this, "'she simply showed me, without a concession, "'an admission of her eyes, "'a countenance of deeper and deeper, "'of indeed suddenly quite fixed, reprobation.' I was, by this time, if I can put the whole thing at all together, more appalled at what I may properly call her manner than at anything else, though it was simultaneously with this that I became aware of having Mrs. Grouse also to reckon with. My elder companion, the next moment at any rate, blotted out everything but her own flushed face and her loud, shocked protest, a burst of high disapproval. "'What a dreadful turn, to be sure, miss!' "'Where on earth do you see anything?' "'I could only grasp her more quickly yet, "'for even while she spoke, "'the hideous plain presence stood undimmed and undaunted. "'It had already lasted a minute, "'and it lasted while I continued, "'seizing my colleague, quite thrusting at it, "'and presenting her to it, "'to insist with my pointing hand, "'You don't see her exactly as we see. "'You mean to say you don't now, now?' "'She's as big as a blazing fire. "'Only look, dearest woman, look.' "'She looked, even as I did, "'and gave me, with her deep groan of negation, "'repulsion, compassion, "'the mixture with her pity of her relief at her exemption, "'a sense touching to me even, then, "'that she would have backed me up if she could. "'I might well have needed that, "'for with this hard blow of the proof "'that her eyes were hopelessly sealed, "'I felt my own situation horribly crumble.' I felt, I saw, my livid predecessor press from her position on my defeat, and I was conscious, more than all, of what I should have from this instant to deal with in the astounding little attitude of Flora. Into this attitude Mrs. Grouse immediately and violently entered, breaking, even while there pierced through my sense of ruin, a prodigious private triumph into breathless reassurance. "'She isn't there, little lady, and nobody's there,' "'and you never see nothing, my sweet. "'How can poor Miss Jessel "'when poor Miss Jessel's dead and buried? "'We know, don't we, love?' "'And she appealed blunderingly in to the child. "'It's all a mere mistake and a worry and a joke, "'and we'll go home as fast as we can.' "'Our companion on this had responded "'with a strange, quick primness of propriety, "'and they were again with Mrs. Grouse on her feet, "'united, as it were, in pained opposition to me.' Flora continued to fix me with her small mask of reprobation, and even at that minute I prayed God to forgive me for seeming to see that, as she stood there, holding tight to our friend's dress, her incomparable childish beauty had suddenly failed, had quite vanished. I've said it already. She was literally, she was hideously hard. She had turned common and almost ugly. "'I don't know what you mean. I see nobody. I see nothing. I never have.' "'I think you're cruel. I don't like you.' "'Then, after this deliverance, "'which might have been that of a vulgarly pert little girl in the street, "'she hugged Mrs. Grouse more closely "'and buried in her skirts the dreadful little face. "'In this position she produced an almost furious wail. "'Take me away! Take me away! "'Oh, take me away from her!' "'From me!' I panted. "'From you! From you!' she cried. Even Mrs. Grouse looked across at me dismayed, while I had nothing to do but communicate again with the figure that, on the opposite bank, without a movement, as rigidly, still as if catching, beyond the interval our voices, was as vividly there for my disaster as it were not there for my service. The wretched child had spoken exactly as if she had got from some outside source each of her stabbing little words, and I could therefore... "'in the full despair of all I had to accept, "'but sadly shake my head at her. "'If I had ever doubted, "'all my doubt would at present have gone. "'I've been living with the miserable truth, "'and now it is only too much closed round me. "'Of course I've lost you. "'I've interfered, and you've seen, under her, "'dictation with which I faced, over the pool again, "'our infernal witness, "'the easy and most perfect way to meet it. "'I've done my best.' "'but I've lost you. "'Good-bye.' "'For Mrs. Grouse, I had an imperative, "'an almost frantic go-go, "'before which, in infinite distress, "'but mutely possessed of the little girl "'and clearly convinced, in spite of her blindness, "'that something awful had occurred "'and some collapse engulfed us, "'she retreated, by the way we had come, "'as fast as she could move. "'Of what first happened, when I was left alone,' I had no subsequent memory. I only knew that at the end of it, I suppose a quarter of an hour, an odorous dampness and roughness, chilling and piercing my trouble, had made me understand that I must have thrown myself on my face, on the ground, and given way to a wildness of grief. I must have lain there long and cried and sobbed, for when I raised my head, the day was almost done. I got up. "'and looked a moment through the twilight at the grey pool "'and its blank, haunted edge. "'And then I took, back to the house, my dreary and difficult course. "'When I reached the gate in the fence, the boat, to my surprise, was gone, "'so that I had a fresh reflection to make "'on Flora's extraordinary command of the situation. "'She passed that night by the most tacit, and I should add, "'were not the words so grotesque a false note,' "'the happiest of arrangements with Mrs. Grouse. "'I saw neither of them on my return, "'but, on the other hand, as by an ambiguous compensation, "'I saw a great deal of miles. "'I saw, I can use no other phrase, so much of him, "'that it was as if it were more than it had ever been. "'No evening I had passed to ply had the portentous quality of this one. "'In spite of which,' and in spite also of the deeper depths of consternation that had opened beneath my feet, there was literally, in the ebbing, actually, an extraordinarily sweet sadness. On reaching the house, I had never so much as looked for the boy. I had simply gone straight to my room to change what I was wearing and to take in, at a glance, much material testimony to Flora's rupture. Her little belongings had all been removed. When later, by the schoolroom fire, I was served with tea by the usual maid, I indulged on the article of my other pupil, in no inquiry whatever. He had his freedom now. He might have it to the end. Well, he did have it, and it consisted, in part at least, of his coming in at about eight o'clock and sitting down with me in silence. On the removal of the tea-things, I had blown out the candles and drawn my chair closer, I was conscious of a mortal coldness and felt as if I should never again be warm. So when he appeared, I was sitting in the glow with my thoughts. He paused a moment by the door as if to look at me. Then, as if to share them, came to the other side of the hearth and sank into a chair. We sat there in absolute stillness. Yet he wanted, I felt, to be with me.